You are listening to Aim for the Bushes. I am your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as Pav, also known as J-Pav. And I have with me, as always, my sound person, Maggie the Mags. And just before we get into today's things, just want to remind you that... Uh, what I'm giving you or what you're listening to here from me or anyone else on the show is simply just our opinions or my opinion and that it's just meant to kind of just be like a viewpoint out there not necessarily the only viewpoint that is acceptable if you have a differing opinion that's okay you can disagree with me you can agree with me preferably we all agree but if you don't it's your fault no I'm just kidding but it's okay to have differing opinions. I'm not trying to say that my opinion is the only correct viewpoint or anyone else that's here, that that's the only correct viewpoint. So just remember that going forward. So today we have a topic of discussion, and that topic is technology. Yay, technology, sometimes. So we're going to look at, is technology good? Is technology bad? Is that a fair question to ask? Well, the answer is maybe. It depends. Like most reasonable answers, it's it depends. It's I can't say one way or the other if it's good or bad. But specifically, I know technology is a broad uh, topic. Specifically, we're going to be talking about uh, Apple released some new iPhones. And uh, there's nothing uh, with the iPhone like in particular. They look interesting, I guess, if you're aware of that, if that's something you're into. Uh, but one of the things that had been rumored before they were actually announced was if they were going to drop the lightning port on the phone. So that's like the little connector, if you're not familiar, that you like plug your charging cable into or your uh, headphones into if you have one of the newer iPhones that don't have a headphone jack or any other type of accessory goes into that port at the bottom of the phone. So there had been rumors that that would be swapped out for USB-C, which is a much more common and open uh, port, something you'd find like on Apple's computers. And uh, the reason why people thought that this may happen is because earlier this year when Apple released new iPads, they had switched out the ports from Lightning to USB-C. So how come this is something Apple did not do? What you might not know is Apple makes a lot of money off of licensing out the ability to create accessories using the lightning port. So companies have to apply for like a license to make whatever accessory it is that will plug into the port. So it could be headphones. It could be uh, just like a simple charging cable. Be I don't know, anything that like plugs in to the phone. So if you haven't noticed, Apple sells a lot of iPhones, more so than iPads. So they're not really wanting to move away from that because that means they would lose out on a lot of money aside from uh, just selling the phones themselves because obviously that is a lot of sales. But if you've been paying attention to trends, iPhone sales have been declining. So part of the reason is they want to you know, still make the money from selling the phones, but they're selling less of the phones. So that's why the price has gone up more recently in terms of how much the individual phone itself costs. And then, I mean, this is speculation on my part, since oh, Apple's not really going to come out and say, oh, we didn't do it because we want to make money. But, I mean, they still haven't done it. 
and you think, well, why not? Because now it creates this kind of like disparity amongst their products because now you have some that use USB-C and then you have some that use lightning port. So you can't like plug your, without a special cable, you can't plug your phone in to your computer, for example, to charge it, right? Unless you get the cable that's the lightning to USB-C or lightning to USB-A, which is annoying. Part of the reason why like I'm bringing this up is that Something like that may like seem small, but it has kind of like an impact on like how we use the phone or whatever the piece of technology is. It doesn't have to be the iPhone necessarily, but that's I think like just kind of like a good example, especially since a couple of years ago they got rid of the uh, headphone jack. And again, this is to kind of make it more proprietary in terms of using the iPhone because a headphone jack is something that anything can plug into. It's it's a open type of port you don't need a license for it but they remove that and then all of a sudden the way you can connect to audio just as an example changes now so it changes how you use the phone and because of that that limits your options so apple conveniently at the same time that they drop the headphone uh, jack they introduce airpods there's the wireless headphones or earphone sorry solution they also have beats that also has wireless headphones which are like the over-the-ear contraptions that you can also pair with Right, but then that limits though what it is you can use, and this is something simple, obviously, because we're just talking about listening to music or audio through your phone. But it's like changes now how how you're going to interact with this object because now you're you're more limited because these things tend to be a little bit more expensive, right? So Apple's trying to get that money from you to make you buy something more expensive as a as opposed to having headphones that you already own or going out and buying like a cheap pair. And then creates another problem in terms of uh, now it's another thing that you have to charge, though. That's another thing that, like, annoys me to no end is that you have, like, something wireless that means it has to be charged. So not only do you have to charge your phone, but now if you want to listen to something, now you got to charge that. So now if your AirPods or whatever wireless solution you use is out of battery, now you can't use it and then you're like oh, okay i'll just use my old school headphones but no you can't use it now because you got to plug in now you could get ones that are uh, lightning if you're using an iphone specifically or other phones that also don't have a headphone jack but have a USB-C port you could use that the problem with that is if you don't have the right cable because not all cables do the same thing but they all look the same now right as like another issue so if you do have a phone that has USB-C. And then, yes, your your wireless headphones are dead. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go to a wired solution because that's that's what I have now. And then you have the wrong type of cable that doesn't carry an audio signal in it. And now you're screwed. And then, so this is annoying. I don't have that problem because I don't listen to music all that much. But I've read other people who uh, articles or people like on YouTube like complaining about this kind of thing. And it's frustrating. To me, just the thought of it is, like, very frustrating, you know, because you just want a simple thing. I've been in scenarios where I'm, like, I'm on an airplane or I'm, like, on a bus or something. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to plug in my headphones into my phone. And I'm like, oh, no, wait, I can't because the phone I have doesn't have it. So it's not, like, something I can I can do now. It becomes very frustrating very quickly. Now, you may think, oh, that's just an annoyance because people push back against these things when, when people raise these kind of, like, criticisms, right? They kind of say, like... Oh, it's just like, um, you know, you're just complaining for no reason or you hate Apple, which is a very common thing. Anytime you say like, nah, this is like a dumb idea, people just say, oh, no, you hate Apple or you hate technology. 
And it's just kind of like, no, I don't hate technology necessarily. It's just that, you know, I would like to be able to do the things I was able to do prior to this new change. And it's not a different type of change for like a good reason necessarily. It's not like something that's been improved. It's not like, oh, you're getting better, clearer audio or something like that. And using headphones as the example, it's like same audio if anything it may be a bit worse because now wireless as well is susceptible to interference susceptible to kind of like lag you can have like pairing issues so if your bluetooth like doesn't work but now if something like that does happen you don't have like a fix for it you can't really like change your cable out or get another pair easily because airpods i think are 150 dollars at least canadian 160 170 i forget but let's say close to $200 after tax. That's not cheap. Like you, you just can't necessarily go run out and get one. Or even if you're going to get them repaired, like that's just a big hassle. So part of the reason why I'm talking about this is because, like again, the pushback from people like com complaining. I would say valid complaints. But complaining about this thing is just kind of like seen as, oh, you don't like progress or you don't like uh, technology kind of thing. And it's like... This is like an old idea, though, like pushing back against technology extends very, very, very far back at uh, Concordia, where me and Maggie went slash go to school because we're in, we were in the same program. We talked about technology, right, and kind of like its history and all that stuff. One of the things that we talked about in terms of our, of our society's relationship to technology is like cultural determinism and then like technological determinism. Those are big words. I know, not really, but big concepts basically just kind of means that like society shapes how technology is used or does technology shape how society functions. So basically it's like which one influences the other. I would argue it's a bit of both probably. Probably leaning more towards the cultural side because if you look it's people that make the technology and they kind of like shape how it's used so a technology could present a certain idea to say hey this is what i do just as an example and then people may be like oh that's kind of dumb or what they'll do is they'll use it in a different way compared to how the technology itself like was invented so like for example the telephone sticking with phones when it was invented it was supposed to be like a business tool kind of it wasn't like for personal things like it wasn't like oh i'm gonna talk to my friend megan for two hours about something annoying it was meant like for like serious business <laughs> you had to have like a purpose like it wasn't just for like lollygagging and then later on people are trying to figure out well how do we use this thing imagine for the first time you're presented like with a technology such as the telephone where sound carries over distance and not just like yelling out loud because obviously that will carry over a distance. But we're talking like through a certain device to like someone like let's say across the country. So from Montreal to like Vancouver or something. What is that? Like you, your initial reaction always is well, why would I ever use that thing? Right. I remember when the iPad came out in 2010, people looked at it. iPad. What was it? It was rumored to start at $1,000, right? But just the device itself, a tablet, and tablets had existed before, but not in that kind of like manner in which Apple presented it. But people were like, what am I going to use that for? That's stupid. No one's, no one's ever going to buy that. That's fucking, that's dumb. Like, what's it for? And now you can still ask that question, but now it's developed like a purpose. 
though. I mean, it had a purpose back then, too. I mean, there's obviously the consumption of watching videos on it, reading articles or web browsing the web on it, doing emails. Like, there's that kind of thing that you can do it for. But you can also use it for, like, so many other things. It's a very, like, versatile tool. You see it at cash registers a lot, especially in the States. Because here, like, it's slowly happening here from, like, stores that I go to around, like, uh, in Montreal and stuff. Well, they'll have, like, an iPad. I don't know if it's officially an iPad, but a tablet-type device as their cash register, for example. And then they'll have, like, the PayPass thing, which is kind of like Apple Pay if you're listening in the U.S. or whatever. Or another place where they don't have it where you can, like, tap your phone on it and stuff like that. But in the States, when I went to L.A. and I went to Chicago, they have that stuff. Where it's like all the stores, they have like their um, their cash display like as iPads and stuff. And you're just kind of like, oh, okay. That's just like one example in terms of like retail. But I know people use it for like recording, uh, music, live events. You know, people use it to do surveys like on the street. A bunch of different things. But it took a, a, some time to figure out, okay, how are we going to use it? So going back to like the telephone, it took a while to uh, how are we going to use it too? Because like, yeah, it was meant for business. But still though, it's not something that jumps out at you right away and being like, oh, that's obvious. Like, how did we survive without this right away? Right? It took time. For a, a while, I think in the 30s, possibly 40s. So not long after the telephone was developed, it was used as like a music streaming service. Which you wouldn't necessarily think if you think of streaming now over the internet, but you could call telephone numbers and they would like play music through it. It was like a distribution network, kind of like what we have now with like wireless internet, but like through the phone. And if you think about it, it makes sense. A bunch of people could call into like a certain place and then audio could be played out to them. But it wasn't meant necessarily as a listening device like a radio because you could think, well, that's what a radio does, except regulated radio transmissions and stuff like that. So you'd like need a license or whatever. But similar function to like a radio difference is radio, you really can't talk back. Right. I mean, you can, but again, more of a license for like transmission, for sending out a, to receive a signal and you don't need a, a license. That kind of shows like. The telephone, how we use it now, wasn't the way it came out. It took time to develop from people using it to kind of figure out, well, what do we do with this thing? And now we're kind of going like the other way from like talking, 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 or have sound on it. Where like phones, uh, as they've uh, shifted to like the smartphone, is that well, you don't even really talk on the phone anymore. I mean, you still can. They still have the phone or speaking functionality in them, but like most people don't use their phones like to actually talk unless like it's you you absolutely have to like if you're calling a customer support line or something like that that's when people will call but like i know a lot of people where they have like phone anxiety because it's just like you don't like if you're talking to your friend or something it's like you go through text or a messaging service or something like that or you post photos or you watch videos but like you do everything else on the phone except talk on the phone there's that like i said there's that like shift though in terms of like how it's used so even like cell phones too like even taking the iphone as an example when it first came out in 2007 i remember i was watching that because it had been rumored for a long time that apple's gonna come out with a phone i was like nah apple's never gonna come out with a phone they make computers that doesn't make any sense and then they come out with a phone and if you go back and look and see what phones look like before the iphone came out right they're very standard keyboard uh, I remember like the Nokia's if you had one you had like the keypad or the number pad and then you had like Blackberries, which obviously had like the small keyboard but very very different no touch interface I mean there were phones with touch interfaces but it wasn't the same as what the iPhone had presented but even then though there was like limitations to like the iPhone though 
But pe- the idea took off in people, though, because they were like, oh, this is interesting. But people thought, nah, this isn't going to sell. Like, it's not a serious device because the phones, our smartphones had been tied to, like, this idea of serious business, like Blackberries, Serious business, right? Emails. It was seen as a bit, and originally it was a business tool. Before it, consumers started buying it for just, like, personal use, Blackberries were strictly business phones. They were for getting work done, productivity, and so phones, a lot of technology originally, at least when it comes out, is seen as this is only for productivity. And then it shifts, though, because it's not just for productivity. Even Blackberries now, which they still make, although hardly anyone uses them, the Blackberry had to had to shift what they were doing, right? Because they their, their position was, yeah, these are strictly for business, but they couldn't compete because it's not if you've opened up to the general market, if you have a very niche market you're going for, such as just business users, okay, fine, that can work. But they expand it out to just general consumers. So once you're in that general space, this highly specific use case doesn't work well, especially when there's other options now that kind of like can match and like surpass in terms of like their functionality, in terms of other things that they're capable of doing. I had a BlackBerry too. And the reason why, part of the reason why I switched was just because you could do more things. You had more access to different applications. Not that, that I didn't do anything crazy with my iPhone or whatever, but if all your friends are, let's say on Snapchat, which I understand not a lot of people use anymore, but just Snapchat, for example, it's like you didn't have, you don't have Snapchat on, on BlackBerry. So those business features, like for general people, they kind of shift. So if you're someone though, that kind of like pushes back against the technology in general, a certain change that has been made, you know, you're seen as big, oh, you don't like technology or you're anti Apple or you're anti whatever company is doing this shift. And it's like, no, it depends though. If you push back, you're seen as like being against change, being against progress, not just change, progress, because the way it's presented to us is that every change is a progression for the better. And it's not necessarily a progression for the better. It can be, but it's not guaranteed that it is. So that's why I had brought up the example of the iPhone 11 coming out or a couple of years ago with the iPhone again, just because it's a big recognizable object that people know what it is, you know. When they had dropped the headphone jack, presents new problems because of this change. But if you said, oh, I don't like this change, people will push back and be like, oh, you're being anti-technology, like in a general sense, or you might be anti, like, again, Apple or anti-iPhone, if you're talking about a specific piece of equipment or specific technology itself. But we have to think about why these changes are being made. So in the case, like I said, for Apple not, in this case, not making, the reason why I brought up them not making this specific change, because that would open them up. So for Apple, they didn't make this particular change because that would eliminate a source of revenue for them. So when they did the change where they got rid of the headphone jack, that didn't make them lose anything. Because maybe there'll be a couple of people that are like, oh, I'm not going to buy an iPhone because it doesn't have a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. That's probably a very limited number of people that, you know, would be like, okay, I'm not going to buy it. So they were like, okay, that's not a big deal. We can handle that. But if they switch to an open source port and iPhones are popular... Like as in they're going to sell more than a million of them in the in a weekend probably, right? That's that that presents a big revenue change that they're probably not going to want to make. So we have to think about okay, is this a good idea or not a good idea from like us the consumers' point of view? So am I against like wireless headphones? No, if you want to use wireless, like I, I don't think having options are bad. I personally don't really use wireless headphones just because I don't. 
I, I preferred like having a cable or whatever, but I can understand why you'd want wireless headphones. You know, you can move around, you don't worry about a cable getting wrapped up around your neck or whatever. <laughs> you know, you don't gotta like struggle with it. Like, okay, sure. But do do I want that as my only option? No, and it depends, though, because you might be doing other things where it's like there may be something that not everyone will do in terms of like, let's say, recording this podcast or whatever, right? This is very specific. Not everyone records. It doesn't be a podcast. It could be music. But you're going to need headphones with a wired connection with a headphone jack, whether it's a 3.5 millimeter or the quarter inch larger jack, depending on where it is you're recording depending on the equipment that you have you know you're not going to want a wireless thing the thing that you're recording on or other technology that you use may not have a wireless option right like so you got to think okay well what what is it why why am i doing this thing why am i accepting or not accepting a certain change because like i said it's presented as though every change is progression it's for your benefit when it's not necessarily for your benefit it could just be for the company's benefit or whatever is making a certain object. It could be for their benefit because it may make you buy certain things or if you want to go into that system. So like for like I said, for the iPhone, if you don't have a headphone jack, but then you want to listen to, you have to buy a new set of headphones, whether or not you get the lightning one or whether or not you get wireless solution, whether it's from Apple or from some other company, right? It changes now your relationship to the product. And like I said, this is an idea that's old in terms of like technology shifting how we interact with certain objects, certain uh, things that we use in our life. So the reason why people push back is because like if we take it out from just consumerism, like instead of just like us buying products, because that's like one scope of it, but if we take this further to like industry, part of part of the issue with like different technologies coming in is like automation. Companies develop product lines where they have machines or computers do certain tasks and that pushes people out of work because the company then doesn't have to pay people or they have to pay less people because then the machine does most of the work. So it makes it difficult, right? So right now we're facing an issue and the reason why I'm talking about this is because it, it gets tied to other things like immigration and stuff like that, where like it gets framed, the, the, the talk around it, like in, in, in news media gets framed around like immigration in terms of like people coming to take our jobs. So people who are anti-immigration and stuff like that, where it's like you're not losing jobs necessarily because immigrants, most of them who are like refugees, not just not just any old immigrant are coming in and, like, taking jobs where it's more like, no, jobs are getting either sent overseas or they're getting eliminated and being replaced by, like, machines, which is the more, like, I've been reading, like, articles. Like, I don't have anything, like, specific. It's just what I've been reading over the past couple of years where, like, automation is going to be, like, the big thing in, like, more and more industries. Like, people know, like, for manufacturing, especially, like, car manufacturing, for example, right? Like, the assembly lines mostly now machines but it's going to come to like other objects like you see it like when you go to mcdonald's for example and you have those uh self-checkout kiosks or self-ordering kiosks what self-serve yeah that's it self-serve kiosks or at the grocery store where they have the self-checkout kiosks there too right like that's automation right so that's something you would not have thought of like 50 years ago that i'm going to go to a store and instead of interacting with a person, I'll just do it all on a machine. I'll do it all myself, basically. Now, is that inherently bad? No, not necessarily. Is it 
it, it becomes bad because people don't realize that it's like it's taking out those lower level jobs and instead of like pushing back against companies doing these implementing these these type of machines and cutting back work you kind of get the blame gets shifted to immigrants coming in you know oh they're taking your job right it shifts your focus so you don't necessarily pay attention to like oh having the our atms even at the bank sorry that just popped in my head there stuff like that are doing it online same with the bank too you don't think about oh these things are also eliminating jobs are moving overseas also eliminating jobs you don't think like oh these little things in store are like those things are are affecting affecting uh, jobs necessarily it gets used to justify other positions uh, like i said in terms of like anti-immigration stuff like that and especially in the u.s a little bit here um in Europe too, right? They don't like was I guess like people from like Syria, people from African countries, people from uh, South America, especially coming up to like the U.S. and stuff. It gets painted, you know, as them coming to like disrupt everything, basically. But it's like it's not them necessarily that's disrupting. It's like people here that are like disrupting this technology that's disrupting. Disrupting can be good, right? But it depends though. Now it's gonna shift everyone into like losing like i said lower level jobs that's going to have an impact on on people you know people that don't necessarily have experience or education to have higher level paying jobs you know young kids looking for summer work and stuff like like it's gonna like trickle down eventually and it'll become like a problem more uh, in the future unless we have some type of social program like i don't know how are we gonna like adapt to kind of address this you know, so I mean, I don't have an answer there for you. I don't because I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But these are the things that are kind of happening. And it comes down to like how we view technology. I mean, that's like one facet of it. Obviously, there's like politics and government that also do it. But like just coming from a technology itself and how it replaces like human labor or how it replaces how we interact with other objects in terms of like what we spend our money on as consumers because that also affects our position in society in terms of like money and all that stuff you know if we have to like spend it on buying things so that's one aspect of technology to think about or don't think about whatever it's up to you maybe you'll open up youtube or open up netflix and just watch something and just you know forget about all this all this crazy talk about technology and all that stuff but speaking of like netflix and streaming things on our computers that brings us to not a different topic, same topic, still on technology, but also on how we interact with a certain type of technology. So in terms of streaming, right? Now, this doesn't have to do with like larger political, cultural viewpoints on something as big as like immigration or whatever, because it's more personal. It's more like in terms of consumerism, because it's just something you do. You know, you buy like a subscription to Netflix or what have you. Hulu or something else and you know you pay your I don't know what is it $8.99 $10.99 a month at least in Canada and you watch right you just watch your Netflix you have access to I don't know TV shows movies all that good stuff but another problem another problem yes another problem though with this this type of technology with the streaming technology is like yes it brings in content through your internet connection and we're not even talking about internet providers here because that's another thing too. But we're just talking about the service itself. Bring that into your home. You watch it. Now people have complained about the quality, right? Comparing it to like going into like an actual theater. If you're watching a film, for example. 
you know, because you don't have like the big screen experience, the same picture quality, because obviously it's on a large screen, sound quality, right? Different, but you know, you may not necessarily care about that, and that's fair. Uh, you know, you're just fine watching my phone, watching my laptop, watching my desktop, watching my tablet. Cool. But the problem that we're going to be facing really, really, really soon in terms of streaming services is that there's going to be so many. It's going to be segmented. It's going to be like we're going back to television. Like when I was a kid growing up, I remember hearing that like, oh, one day it's all going to be your TV and computer going to be the same. And at the time, it didn't make sense to me. I was like, what? that doesn't make sense. That's never going to happen. But now it has happened in terms of like these streaming services. Because back when I was a kid, streaming has existed for a long time. Like some people think it's more recent, like with YouTube and stuff like that. But uh, no, no, since like the 90s, there's been like streaming shows, streaming networks. It was different from what it is now. But they were out there. Like you would have to go back and like look for it to see what it was but they were different streaming networks you'd connect over the internet but it was something that was available it wasn't what it is now in terms of like the quality of the the picture and like obviously how fast everything all loaded now that most of us have like broadband internet and all that stuff but it has existed for quite a while like i said a lot of these technologies a lot of these problems with technology are old they go back a very 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 long way but anyways with the streaming services now, okay, I have a couple of problems with streaming services. One of them, like if you have Netflix, is that, and I know people love this. I know it's like, yes, I pay my $10 or $12, whatever it is, a month, and I have access to like all these movies and TV shows. One of the problems I have, though, is that what's on there is always changing. Now, it's good if like, you know, new shows, whether they're Netflix originals or just other TV shows or movies available, that's fine when they come in. Like, that's great. Okay, the stuff is coming in. But then stuff leaves too. It all depends on their distribution deals, their licensing agreements, and all that stuff with other people that own. And this, this is another topic for another day, which is copyright in general, which throws a huge wrench in all this stuff. It's because of all the licensing deals that you have to do. But stuff leaves Netflix, for example. There's like some really good movies that I did watch on Netflix. I would like to watch again, but now it's not available on Netflix because they lost the distribution or the licensing, whatever you want to call it, on it. And now I can't watch it there anymore. And the other thing is you pay all this money. Let's say it's $10 a year. Uh, sorry, $10 a month uh, for simplicity's sake. So it's $120 a year. Uh, let's say you do that for five years. That's $600. Let's say you do it for another five years let's say you have netflix for 10 years now this is not even including the price going up and any of that stuff but let's say just to keep it simple that's twelve hundred dollars in 10 years and then what do you have to show for it's another one of the things i don't like is that like i just spent twelve hundred dollars on a service and what if netflix closes their door at the end of those 10 years they close their doors they're done they go out of business or they shut down their service for whatever reason right that's twelve hundred dollars i just spent and what do i have for it Yes, you have the experience, I guess, of watching these films. But how much of it do you actually watch, though? That's the other thing, too. So not only can it disappear overnight. So what if it does? Like, I remember shifting slightly here, a little tangent. iPod and Zune Player and Zune Music and stuff. An iTunes music store, right? iTunes, you pay per use, basically. So you can download a song, I remember, for like a dollar. I don't know if it's still that. You can download a song for a dollar. You can download an album for like 10 bucks or 12 bucks or something, right? But at the end of the day, 
you owned it. Whereas on the Zune music store or whatever, which is the Microsoft Zune, if you don't know what that is, go look it up. It was a music player put out by Microsoft. You, it, was, it was a subscription model like Spotify, like Netflix. So if I, I don't remember how, what, how much it was, but let's say it's like 10 bucks or whatever a month as well. Right. If you had one of those services and then Zoom closed their doors, right? Like Microsoft was like, okay, it's not worth it. We're not making enough money off this. Not enough people. I think I only known one person had like a Windows phone. No, two people had really had like a Windows phone, right? Just as an example. But Microsoft's offerings in this space was not particularly good. So eventually they shut it down. So you paid all this money to, to Microsoft for the service and then boom, it's closed. And I understand that like, Oh, I have access to over, let's say, 30 million songs. But it's like, are you going to listen to 30 million songs? Some people, maybe not 30 million. I, I don't think there's enough like hours available like <laughs> in someone's lifetime to listen to 30 million songs. But let's say you did like listen to like a lot of music. You're always searching for new music. That could be worth it. Maybe. Maybe if you do explore a lot. But I think most people probably don't. That's going to be my guess, is that you probably listen to whatever the popular music is at the time so whatever's like on the charts or whatever or whatever's popular in your particular genre that you like if it's not just uh popular music that's being played like in the radio or that's popular like in the public conscious at a given moment but when that time is done whether you want to stop paying now because you it's not worth it for you or the service ends on its own now you have nothing and I know people are saying like, oh, well, how much would it cost, you know, if I bought all the music or movies or whatever that I listen to or TV show, like DVD sets. Like I have a bunch of DVD sets and, and of TV shows and of movies and stuff like that. But if I had all those same exact same things that I bought as a streaming service, but then I stopped paying for that streaming service, I wouldn't have anything, right? So, I mean, it's something you have to decide whether or not it's worth it for you. But for me, no, I'd rather have... Something that I can buy, even if it's something that's like I download and I put on my computer. I mean, that's also another topic for another day, which is hard drives crashing. We're going to have a big problem <laughs> in the future going forward with like materials breaking down since everything is now stored digitally. But anyways, it's another day when there's going to be a catastrophic failure when like <laughs> everything basically crashes because like parts stop working in like computers and stuff like that. But anyways, so you could download like a file, let's say. As, and but something that you own because i know the same thing for book readers too there was a uh, what was i can't remember what it was but one of the the book i don't know if it was amazon one or if it was another type of book reader but like basically they had closed and they had like removed the book files like off your reader or whatever stuff like that i i, I can't remember what that was something i just read kind of like in passing i didn't note it down for um for, for, for this podcast here to talk about it. But, you know, that that's also a possibility, too, where, like, you know, like I said, it gets yoinked away from you, and then that's it. So, okay, so those are two things there in terms of availability, in terms of spending your money, and then, like, losing it, the money, because once the service ends or you stop paying for it, you don't have anything. The other thing is now streaming is popular, right? Netflix been around, pretty much been, like, the only thing, really, there have been other services here and there. The next biggest thing is Hulu, which I don't think is available in Canada. I think they're going to be. I don't know. But anyways, they're not available as far as I'm aware. So here we really just have Netflix. There's Bell. And I think Rogers had their thing too. But I think Rogers closed theirs. Again, so if you would pay for that service, something you lost because they, they shut it down. I don't know, right now, Bell has Crave TV. 
similar. But again, if Bell decides to close it because it doesn't make enough money or you don't want to pay after paying for like five years or whatever because subscription model, that's it. Right? So you don't own any of those things. It's not something you just go back and watch it whenever you want kind of thing. The other thing, like I said, now streaming is popular. So I just mentioned Bell Rogers. Those are two Canadian providers of like communications or like television and stuff like that. Internet, self-service. Okay. But especially in the US, we're having a rise of more and more streaming services now. Now that Netflix is popular, everyone knows Netflix, right? That was a big thing coming out. Now that's, you know, they have these big movie deals that they sign like with actors or production houses and stuff like that. A lot of popular television shows such as like Orange is the New Black, right? So very, very, very popular. So everyone's like, oh, now I'm going to make my streaming service, right? So now we're going to have a segmented streaming service thing <laughs> where everyone's going to have their own streaming. It's going, people left TV and cable and all that stuff to get away from these few companies that owned all the channels that you'd watch, right? That was the advantage. That's why you have the cord cutting was because, oh, I don't have to pay some, I don't, I'd never had cable on my own, but like my parents' house, stuff like that, you know, it'd be like $100, $150, $200, depending on what packages you got, right? Because like you couldn't just buy the channels you wanted to. That'd be great if you could buy the channels. I think they have some of that stuff now, but it's really expensive though. It'd be great if you could have a low cost option, buy the channels that you want, and just watch that stuff. You know, that'd be great. But they're obviously not going to do that because if you want entertainment, you only got a couple of places you can go to get it on a TV, for example. So when the internet came about and you can get relatively cheap internet plans and then watch whatever you wanted to watch from whatever website, you can do that. Right? I was okay, I can save. I don't have to buy cable anymore. I don't have to buy I don't have to spend two hundred dollars a month, you know. I could spend like fifty, you know, with unlimited internet, as just as an example off the top of my head. But now, like I said, every I don't know, company, whatever, whoever it's going to have a streaming service. So you have Netflix, like I said, Hulu, like I mentioned before. These are mainly from the States. I'm sure there may be other local streaming services in different countries around the world. I don't know. Uh, let's see. There's CBS that has one. There's HBO has their thing. Apparently, NBC is going to be launching one. Oh, yeah, Amazon Prime. That was Maggie who, who suggested that, right? That's another one, right? That's like at least like... What, more than five right there. All these streaming services are going to have their own exclusive content. So as a consumer now, it's, it's like cable TV packages now. It's like, which ones am I going to buy? I have Netflix right now, but maybe I want the Disney Plus one. And then this is it goes back to the other thing with licensing. Disney is going to pull their stuff off of Netflix. They're only going to be available on Disney Plus. Right, NBC apparently is launching a streaming service. They're gonna pull their material from Netflix. They're gonna pull The Office. They're gonna pull Friends because they realize, hey, this is popular. A lot of people are watching it. There was that deal apparently that Netflix had signed, I think, to keep Friends for like a hundred million dollars or something like that. NBC sees that and goes, oh, we could do our own streaming service then because people want to watch Friends. I was never a big Friends fan. I've watched it. I didn't watch it when it aired. But I know this is a, a little side tangent there, but I, I don't know. Whatever. People like it for some reason. We'll talk about it another day. But NBC notices that 
and says, oh, yeah, okay, well, we have an audience, so we're going to do our own streaming service, right? So every studio, Fox could do one, which is owned by Disney, but maybe they'll do a separate thing for Fox Entertainment, right? And then we have this problem now. Which one do I buy? Do I buy? Do I stick with Netflix? Do I buy Disney Plus? Do I go to CBS? Do I go to NBC? Do I go to Amazon? Do I go to Hulu? Like, if everyone's going to segment the market and make their own exclusive streaming service, then what do you do? Do I stick with YouTube, which has a free option, but they also have YouTube TV where you can stream, where you can pay to stream stuff off? Like, where where does it end there? It creates more of a mess, right? So part of the reason why like, I bring this up is this idea of progress with every techno- technological change. It's not always progress. People have viewed the, the switch from television and cable packages going to online going to the internet as progress right okay so we can stream it on my phone stream it on my computer my laptop my tablet right like any like i could be walking like i see people on the bus you know watching netflix for as an example or watching video content whatever saved on their phone watching youtube on their phone whatever okay that's cool that idea right like i'm not saying that's bad to have that That's fine. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, you can watch something on the bus, right? If that's something that you like to do instead of reading or or just sitting in silence contemplating your life and how miserable everything is. Those are different options. That in and of itself is fine. Like I have no no problem with that. But now now this is where like it's not necessarily progress now where we have this segmenting, at least for just taking streaming as an example, but you know, how is this progress now? It's the same thing as cable to me anyways, but just like on a different platform. So what I can see is that instead of through a television or through through the coaxial cable or whatever, it's going to be on the device. Because right now we've kind of like blurred the lines between all these different things. Right now, a lot of these things through the Internet. The, that's one interesting thing about the Internet, which we'll talk about maybe on a different day, is its ability to break down like these structures that we've had, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Because now like radio, television, video, film, right? All that stuff kind of melds together. Pictures, written content, art, you know, visual art. Like all that kind of like melds on the internet, right? All that is kind of like accessible now. So you don't have like these, because before it was more segmented, right? You had specific devices to watch or listen to specific things. where the internet kind of like scrambles that all up and all kind of melts together. Which is fine. Like I'm not necessarily against that, but now we're, the structures are being built back up, just in like a kind of a a different medium, right? Or in a different form, a different way. So what I'm thinking is that like we're gonna have ten different serv- streaming services. For an example, what's gonna happen is either ones are gonna get bought out, just like media companies in general. I think there's like six or maybe five media companies. That kind of like own everything and even for wider industry i think there's like less than 100 companies that own like all like the major brands around the world and all that stuff so you're gonna get that you're gonna get like mergers and acquisitions and stuff like that so there's one thing that'll happen or what'll happen is we'll have something similar to cable providers we'll have someone saying oh you like these streaming services okay well, well what we've done is we've combined these five services so if you pay us you'll have access to these five different streaming services and you get these different shows or these different movies that's what i see happening so and it's going probably going to be more expensive than what it was on cable or just about the same i doubt it'll be cheaper so that's how i see it going on there so it doesn't necessarily mean it's a progression and this of course goes back to capitalism 
So one day we'll talk about capitalism and all that kind of stuff. That kind of what creates this thing. And it's kind of like the myth, though, of like innovation and progression with new technology that comes out. I think at first, yes, depends, but veering towards like a yes. But then once it gets when it's new, no one knows what to do with it. It's kind of like open to anything. But then certain structures become defined and then it kind of becomes like the same thing. It's not necessarily progress right away. At least it's not clear progress but it's presented to us as though it is progress so i don't know we'll have to see it's a big big subject talked about different things i think that's probably uh where we'll end it for today so once again i have been your podcast person pavlo also known as pav also known as jpav also known as pavi and as always with me is maggie the mags who is on the board and so just another reminder that the opinions that i've expressed today are just opinions you can agree with them you can disagree with them you can love paying for 10 different streaming services if that's what you want to do go for it you can agree with me you can disagree with me it's fine it's all good so just remember that you can have your own opinion on this too I'm not saying what I have said is the only correct way to look at any of these things. So once again, thank you for listening. Peace.